Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. Well, Julie, here we are. We're at number seven of the ICF core competency. Evokes awareness. Evokes awareness. That reminds me of like, is it the witchcraft show? What was the one? That was the craft. Evokes. Oh, okay. Do you you know the craft? The old uh, old late 90s, early aughts. Yeah, the movie. That's that's when I think about evoking. Evoking the spirit. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just getting like images of you and like, you know, the plaid the plaid skirts and leather jackets and like doc martens pretty much you nailed it i'm actually gonna go home and get my doc martens soon so if they're not already goodwills or value village uh yeah so here we are evokes awareness number seven as defined facilitates client insight and learning by using tools and techniques such as powerful questioning silence metaphor or analogy analogy yeah. What do you, Sorry. What do you think? What that's, do you think of that? That, um, I, that's a new one for me. Cause I, that we, that's a new one for me. So this one is really about, I want to say the word notice. Uh, and I, I think that's about noticing the client and, um, cause I'm not going to say the word awareness. So noticing and observations are two of the big things I took from this one, but yeah. what, notes, what notes do you have? Well, I think something that stood out for me was this is how you are transforming the conversation into something useful for the client was a point made in the video. And I think that gets at your definition of evoking. Well, I mean, that is the definition of evoking, but like exactly what you were saying about evokes, right? So it is helping the client move from, I think, that talk space to that action space because they are now aware of of the work that they've been doing. Yeah. And I really liked it. Giuseppe was to the video. He's a mentor coach talked a little bit around the three, um, the three kind of basic things that we do as a coach. So one is asking the question. Um, and this would be questions that might think about their own clients values, the way they think, what their needs are and beliefs just to understand them more. So asking a question, that powerful question to go deeper Step two is sharing the observations and noticing without any sort of attachment from you, the coach. And then number three, silence. So holding the space to allow the thoughts, feelings, emotions get to completion. So we talked about that cycle another time, but completing the cycle of whatever the client needs to work through. Yeah, I would um, call out, and you've talked about this at the beginning, but you know they mentioned that the powerful questions competency sort of from before kind of fits into and under this one with that with that cycle. Yeah, that was a change from the updated ones, mm-hmm. the core competency of twenty twenty one. This is really to help them, the client, exp- explore their their thinking, and maybe if you notice a pattern or something that's coming up for them um, around what you're talking about. So, mm-hmm. and I think it's almost like, this is where I think coaching really stands out from any other kind of learning and development is it's really personalized and it's not going to be the same thing. Like I don't have a awareness uh, framework that I'm going to like analyze you with Julie. I'm going to be, <laughs> <laughs> well, I could, but that's a different story, but I, I'm really going to sit with to understand certain 
factors or things you might have talked about, or if you use a, a, a word over and over. So I might say, you said the word potential a lot. What does that mean? And, and really dig into that. And what is your full potential is might something I might dig into, but it means sitting back as the coach a bit more. Yeah. Yes. And they called on that piece of, um, again, we hear this as a theme, like presenting thoughts without attachment, right. Mm -hmm. As the coach. So making sure that you are making those observations, Hey, you know, you've been saying this, or you're saying that word potential a lot. What does that mean? Um, but let, letting it be there, right. Dropping it after that. It might not be if the client comes back and says, you know, Oh, I, it doesn't really mean anything to me right now than not saying like, are you sure it really doesn't mean anything? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> right? yeah. It's it's understanding that no attachment to what I've observed. And, and maybe who knows, maybe it would ruminate and come up for them later and maybe it never will. But like as a coach being ready to move on and really letting the client lead. Yeah. And this one connects with the last um, ICF competency you may have heard, which is listens actively. So two things with attachment, you can't have an agenda. So that's really like taking that away with without attachment. And then you also have to listen closely to check yourself. I've been trying to practice this a lot more because I don't want to jump to the next thing without letting a client finish this cycle. Because I think if I've said something and I go back and jump in with another question right away, I've really not allowed them to fully speak their truth. And I think sometimes as a coach, you're kind of like, do I interject now? What kind of client do I have? Are they self-reflective? And so I've been thinking about that in different clients I've had lately because some of them need longer to talk it out than others. And that's just what I've, I've been noticing in the coaching part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do think it is about learning, right? They call out that this is about learning for the client, but I think remembering, mastering this competency comes in with remembering that learning is going to look different and be on a different timeline for everyone, right? And, and allowing that, that space is really important. What kind of questions, and you mentioned a couple already, but what kind of questions do you ask without any attachments? Ones that I ask about attachment that I think can really get us to this space are those questions, like you said, around like, what is, what does potential mean for you? Right. Or what would, um, you know, what would less stress be like for you? You know, um, what would a complete schedule look like for you? You're kind of like fill in the blank of anything where it's like getting them to think about what are those components that I need? What might be missing? Right. But it's, um, allowing, I don't, I don't, and I think why that comes to mind is because I don't have any sort of, you know, attachment exactly to their schedule, you know, like that's not me. That's, there's nothing there. So those ones come to mind first. Yeah. So it's kind of clarifying and defining and those kind of questions. I like that. Ones I've been playing with a bit more have been around uh, tensions. So if I've noticed mm -hmm. um, conflicting ideas or conflicting values or conflicting goals. So like one client I could think of really um, she felt strong about her own financial power and economic kind of status Yet there's a tension between that and wanting to do something that's a bit more creative and maybe on her own. And so working through those, and I think it's letting that client be the one to show up and say, 
well, how will that be defined now? Because I'm not the one who's going to say, quit your job and go fill, fill your artist way dream. <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> it's not going to be my life. And so I think any of these like noticing um, without attachment is really important because it's going to be their own action steps and what they do next. And there'll be consequences and there'll be real changes. And there might be things that really shift the ground for our clients, but they need to be the ones ready to take that. I can't like push a little birdie out of a tree to fly. They have to be the ones like ready to do that. And one thing could be talking about it and noticing it, but letting them make their next steps, I think has been really critical. Yeah. I think too, I, um, think back to early coaching and being nervous that I wasn't coaching well, if a client didn't resonate right away with a question, not resonate, but if a client, you know, was like, oh no, that's not it for me. Right. Or, oh no, it's more like this. And recognizing that, um, coaching well is about this, right. Is about holding that space and allowing that kind of self-discovery and learning for the client. Cause they're learning something too, in that point, right. They're learning, oh no, it really isn't X. It might be Y, but that doesn't that. So that not at being attached to my own questions out of my own ego, right. Of wanting to mm. like, quote unquote, be a good coach. Cause if the question doesn't land, that's okay. Right. That you move on you try something different. Yeah. Like when I have clients say, I don't understand or can you, can you rephrase it? I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Right. Um, and I was just asking you, what, what does coaching well mean to you, Julie? What does coaching well mean? Well, exemplifying all eight of the ICF competencies, <laughs> Laura. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think this comes to us like holding us to our own standards, right? So we've got these core competencies that we kind of um, look to, to guide and as a guidance. Um, but we might have some standards we've set, like maybe we went through and you've gone through training yourself, dear listener. And you're like, well, I have to do it this way. Or I've seen people, this is how they start the coaching session. This is how they set the agenda. These are, these are questions I should wrap up with. And I think what you just said is being willing to let go of some of that training just to be in the moment almost and be aware of that need is I think another piece of this evokes awareness. So it's not just evoking awareness of the client, but it's knowing yourself as a coach and like, how are you finding yourself to check in, check it, don't wreck it with a, as a coach, Julie, like what ways are you thinking about your practice and how are you becoming more aware? I think I um, really have been working on the listens actively piece and entrusting trusting the client to lead us, which is a given in coaching. But I think really leaning into that feels different right? Um, really leaning into what a client is saying and hearing what they're saying um, and letting that inform my next question. Um, and it's not sticking to the agenda because I, I mean, it's not straying from the agenda, right? Because I, I do think it's part of your job to say, hey, you wanted to talk about, you know, apples and it sounds a little bit like we're talking about, you know, oranges. And so, you know, t let's, let's talk, let's check in on that. That's an important piece, but also recognizing that I think about, I don't know, half the time, if I was going to put numbers on it, the client does shift a little bit where our agenda is going based on our conversation and that's okay. So yeah. that's a long, a long way of me saying, I think I'm learning to be more flexible in that moment and letting the client lead us instead of being so rigid, like, Hey, nope, you said we were talking about this. We got to stay here. <laughs> yeah. We're not taskmasters as coaches, but it is thinking about this awareness is really 
it's close to be to maintains presence. Like it's really being in it. And I like the idea of like, you're checking what's working to essentially enhance and support your client. And you're also willing to be in the moment yourself and say, like, I like that you said that. I noticed we're talking about oranges, but just a banana creeping in there somewhere too. Is there something significant to you about that? And making sure you're, you're asking for permission as we do, or if you asked, if you said, how about we try this with a tool related to it? You really want to know you're actually meeting the client's needs and you're making the right kind of response. So there's different kind of things that influence that. And this is kind of a nuanced skill. And I know Giuseppe talked a bit about like advanced coaches um, going on the first level ACC, going to um, PCC, MCC, you are really um, honing this in your later hours of coaching is what I think, because you really have to support that full client self and all these like nuance, like what are their patterns? What are the behaviors? How do they think? Where do their values sit? And, and be aware of all of that yet also drop that because you're listening to the client and you're not thinking about the next question, but you're trying to tune in and, and really dial into where they're at. What had it, what he had me thinking when he was talking about the different levels, I was wondering, I wonder how many questions on average, right? Like a really skilled MCC coach might ask in a session. And maybe that's not the right metric, but it did get me thinking, you know, if if you are leaving space for the client, that definitely means more silence as they called out in this competency, right? It means asking better questions. I, I don't know if better is the right word, but strong questions, you know, like so that they're really getting into what the client kind of needs. We talk a little bit about that in a later competency too. I think like, what is your wording? What are your choices? Because I I have a feeling that like an entry or a new coach might ask more questions in a session than a more experienced coach. Yeah. That's not bad to say. And it's funny. I, I'd like to see more studies. There's one study on it from when I went to the conference last year, um, Converge Conference for ICF puts on. Um, there was one study that talked about um, the pattern, like how many questions versus responses. And I don't know if they have it by level of coach or ex- like years experience of coach or hours of coach, but that's a good question because I think you have to be willing to um, not just sit back and leave space, but know that there takes more time. Um, so the client gets their own insight. And I think this one is interesting because there's silence, but there's also the idea of metaphors or analogies. So mm-hmm. um, what would you do to bring it in? Cause you and I like a good story. And I, I think about like, you have to be um, there to listen, synthesize if you're going to use a metaphor and then apply it with a question. Um, and maybe it's a what if, or, how do you see this? Or even the idea of reframing, I think, takes some skill because I think new coaches are too worried about asking the next question. And mm-hmm. they might still leave space, but they it's kind of a nuanced skill that until you practice it, and I and I do get the value of the levels of coaching in ICF now. And I do get the value of um you do grow over time and over years of experience. If you're thinking about this coaching as a craft, especially when asking skilled, clarifying, open, direct, short questions. Uh, So you're probably right is getting to the questions they need maybe, and not the ones that you would go to normally. Yeah. 
What did you think about reframing perspectives um, as this one sits in awareness as well? So the idea of reframing, I'm defining as a client has kind of a, a belief or a value or a worldview or an insight to themselves that maybe isn't fully developed. And I wonder how do, how do you nudge them into a new perspective or a reframe? That's a good question. I've, I've done it a couple of ways. I've done it with direct tools, right? That are getting at um, limiting beliefs, right? Actually tools of reframing. Um, and I think sometimes it's also just asking powerful questions. Um, and it is, I think, gauging that that moment with that client in that session, like, is a tool the next option, right? Or like, how much time do I have? Or what do we have here to do, right? Um, what do we have left here to do, I think? Okay, so just to clarify for our listeners, I want to share a little bit about what limiting beliefs are since you brought that up and we should probably tell them what you're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it's getting into this space of, you know, a client and maybe exploring some negative self-talk that a client might have. Right. So in exploring that with powerful questions. So I'll give you an example that you can riff on. I, there's no way I'm going to finish this marathon on Sunday, Julie. I, don't think I can do it. The weather's going to be so-so. Um, it, maybe it's just not in the cards. Maybe I just don't do it. So this exercise is going to ask, you know, Laura, the marathon runner, to then explore that a little bit and say, what are some actions, right, um, that you could take from that perspective? So I don't, okay, here, this is a good one. I don't think I've done enough training um, for this marathon, so I'm really nervous about it, and I don't, I don't know how I'm going to show up and maybe I shouldn't even do it. Like I could just go and have a good time on Big Sur and not run this race. And yeah, maybe I should do that because I didn't do enough training miles time. That's what I'm thinking right now, Julie. What does enough mean to you in that situation? I guess I'm looking at the miles I didn't run and this training program plan and I missed and looking at this app, I missed like a couple weeks uh, taken out from a sickness. And yeah, I just, I'm worried about like not having done the full mileage. I know I don't do 26 in training, but I only got up to like 17 or 18. So I think that's what I think about enough. What have you accomplished that makes you feel ready? Well, I guess I've been running for like four months on this training program overall. So looking back to this overview of my training, I've been running solidly since the beginning of the year. Um, and it looks like it's only been about one, two, two weeks really missed or six trainings. So I guess I've ran more than I have not. So I guess I should be proud about that and not worry and know that it's all a mental game at this point because it's not the miles at the end of the day, it's where your head's at. And so I guess just knowing that I need to be ready for that. What are some actions you can take based on that shift in perspective? So I guess I could do my best to be ready. Uh, that means getting a good night's sleep, uh, eating a solid carb meal the night before. Actually, getting a good night's sleep two nights before because the night I'll be get up really early. Um, so making sure my sleep schedule sound. 
um, getting my kits and running stuff all together uh, to be, pre- be prepared, taking some deep, deep breaths um, and making sure I guess my music playlist is ready to go because when in doubt, work it out to music. Indeed. Yeah. So th- there, there's an example of like a reframe and a, a shift. And our, I think a lot of clients do have limiting assumptions or beliefs um, and tell a lot of stories. And mm-hmm. one, one thing I like to do around that is ask, like, what are the stories you're telling yourself about this? Yeah. And just that's let a them, great question. Yeah. Just let them talk. I, I, cause I feel like they can say what they've been going on in their head, but until they say it out loud, um, the follow-up for awareness is, and now you said that out loud, how does that feel? And let them just openly talk. That's my, mm-hmm. that's my go-to these days is what I'm thinking about with the reframe. Yeah. Uh, what else do you want to say about this one? So the thing about this one I also like is sometimes I think clients that come to us feel stuck and we're in the middle of something and they feel constricted. And I think this awareness and encouraging this like can help them brainstorm ideas, um, move them forward from that tough place. And it's giving them possibilities. So this is kind of like the what ifs or tell me mores and what else questions that I go to, because I think there's probably something going on in their head that's swirling around that is, is preventing them from moving forward. So what kind of like action things do you kind of wrap up for this one to make sure that um, the client takes their own initiative at the end of a session like this? I think the first piece of this for me is uh, asking them, I believe we've talked about this, you know, like what are they taking away from the session? Right. So getting them to start thinking about what are those main pieces of awareness for them Um, and then asking them to, you know, and the form is going to depend on what they say, but you know, like what, what actions do you want to take from, from these learnings, right? Or what's one way to move this forward? Or what would you, um, you know, how, how could you be successful with this? You know, just kind of depending on wherever they've landed, I think with some of their insights, my question varies a bit in that situation. Yeah. Cause it's surprising. Like one call out I will say is you might have an idea of an action step as a coach, but you, until you ask the client, it's a whole other story what they yeah. what they found most useful and what they're going to do next. Uh, so yeah. don't ever make assumptions. Uh, and this awareness piece is really critical for letting them letting them come up because I think at the end sometimes a client will like, "What ideas do you have?" And I'd say checking that they're answering that question themselves first. Yeah. So cool. Um, I think that's all I have about evoking awareness. Now I want to yeah. watch the craft, but other than that, I think <laughs> I feel more aware. That's for sure. That's good. Well, until next time, Julie, we'll be. Let's be coaching through it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.